Welcome back to another awesome episode of Make More Sales Podcast by Gain the Edge. Right? It's the show that explains the truth behind making effortless sales while focusing on your zone of genius. Right? Yes, scaling you beyond where you currently are so you can stay in your zone of genius and focus on freedom, freeing you up to do the things you want to do, lead the movement you're trying to lead, serve the people you're doing, build the business the way you want to, build your empire and not have to spend all of your time chasing clients right? And wondering when your next sales are coming from or worried about having to lead sales teams, all of that. We got you. Okay. I'm your host, Jim Padilla. And today we're going to talk about how to know what your prospects will do before they do. Right? Interesting. Yes. I think you're in the right place. All right. Before we dive in today into deeper, I want to get you to check us out on Instagram. Please go, uh, go, uh, Get us at, at, at Gain the Edge Now, at makemoresales.podcast, and uh, follow us. Make sure that you're connected, engaged, because uh, we're sharing a lot there. And I want to hear from you, right? Any questions, any thoughts, anything that comes up around sales and scaling, growing your sales teams, let us know, because we're doing this stuff at scale, right? We're helping a lot of people. We're generating, you know, 25,000 sales conversations a year as a company. Um, there's nothing that we don't see that comes up in the sales game. So we got metrics and data and every all kinds of information that says from all of the stuff that we're doing that is of huge benefit to you. That is what we're sharing. We are literally sharing the two sources, uh, two places of uh, sources of information that we're bringing to be able to share content and data and strategies and insights with you are from what happens directly in our campaigns with our clients. So it's right from the front lines and relevant and or from you. When you say, hey, I need help with this. I'm challenged in this way. Uh, here's something I haven't been able to get around or figure out how to get over. Or here's something some other, other people are saying. What do you think about this, right? We are here to help, right? And we want to make sure that we can keep you steered in the right direction so you can hit that mountaintop with the greatest amount of ease, least amount of stumbling, uh, and get you making twice as much with half the effort instead of working twice as hard for half as much, which is what most people are doing, Okay. So stick around to the end. I'm going to share with you uh, uh, a bonus uh, and some, some awesome opportunities as well. And make sure you go to the show notes and check us out. Please rate, share, like, rate and review and subscribe and share this if you get any value out of it, right? So uh, we're here to help. We're ready to dive in and make some magic happen. So how do you know what your prospects will do before they do? Is it because you're magic? Is it because we're psychic? <laughs> Is it because we read their mind? Or is it because we're extremely prepared, right? We know exactly who we serve. We know where they are. We know how to find them. We know deep level things about them. So we know that when they turn left, here's the things that happen. When they turn right, here's the things that happen. And how does that happen, right? How do you make that go? It, it takes work. It takes preparation. It takes some serious commitment to wanting to solve a very specific problem for a very specific person and understanding everything that happens in that journey. I was recently listening to an interview with Eli and Peyton Manning. Now, you don't have to be a, a sports fan to be able to follow this, but they're both Hall of Fame football quarterbacks who came from <laughs> the lineage of a Hall of Fame uh, football quarterback father. And they were unpacking some really interesting things. And one of the things that Eli Manning, younger brother of Peyton Manning, was sharing is uh, that when he was on his you know, journey of 17 years for the New York football giants and two uh, Super Bowls, he was, he worked with Tom Coughlin. And Tom Coughlin was a very, he was known for being a really stern, tough, rough and tumble coach. And when Eli was a rookie, he had him map out every week. Because he was a rookie, he wasn't 
the starter. He was backing up or playing limited minutes, but he had him in preparation. He had him map out. And again, you don't have to understand football. He had him map out their coverages and sets for all the blitz packages for the team that they were playing. And so he would have to go through, okay, the, here, here's the blitz packages that the Philadelphia Eagles have, which means, you know, this is how they attack the quarterback. And here's all of our sets. How will all of our sets, all the different ways our sets could offset those blitz packages, which meant he had to study. He had to know the defense. He had to know the team, the coaches, the scheme. He had to know every player that was on the field on the opposite side of the field, in addition to knowing everybody on his side of the field, right? And he had to know in this set, here's the blitz package they bring, and here's how our offense would offset it. And that was based on their scheme and which personnel. When they came in this package with this quarter, with this linebacker, here's how we'll offset it. When they came with this package with that safety, here's how we'll offset it. So he had to know, he had over 300 different combinations to be able to be prepared. But the payoff is, as he started doing this week in and week out, he knew he had to have commitment to memory, commitment to his insight. And it's not just to even to his memory, commitment to his instincts and his DNA so that he knew everything that was happening on the defense and everything his offense could do to attack that defense, to be able to overcome that defense and protect. And what is the, the outcome? A 17-year career in a sport where the average career is three years. Two Super Bowls where 90% of quarterbacks that play never win a Super Bowl, right? And a Hall of Fame career to come, right? And his brother Peyton, even more so, even more maniacal, right? And as so with all the greats, okay? Now, not that I'm putting myself in that category, but I also dealt the same thing when I was in, it was, I played, you know, I was fortunate enough to play um, junior college baseball. So I played as a kid, I played through high school and I played in junior college. And one of the things that I did, especially for me, I was, you know, was five, eight. Uh, and in high school, I graduated 160 pounds. I was, you know, I was, I was small, right. And I was built like my daughter in high school until I got into college. Then I finally started hitting a weight room, but I was small and quick. And my football coach, who was also a baseball coach, didn't want me in the weight room. He always kept me out of the weight room because he wanted me small and quick. He wanted me, I was one of the best base stealers in the, in the county and, uh, you know, in the whole uh, region. Um, he wanted me small and fast. He didn't want anything that was going to slow me down. He didn't want me to bulk up stuff. So I was always at that level. So I had to overcome. I had to, I had to compete with guys who were 6'2 and 220. And I had to look as good as them. More actually, I had to look better than them because I was competing with these same guys in order to me to be able to get recruited by college coaches, et cetera. So anyway, the things that gave me the advantage over these guys, I studied everything. And one of the things that our coach had us do was read base situations, on-base situations, right? Because it's one thing to get up to bat and then, you know, pitcher throws the ball and you hit a ball. You still want plan and strategy. You want to know their train, their trends. What are the things they do? What's their go-to pitch? And when that go-to pitch comes, you know, what's your likelihood of staying on top of it or hitting it to right field versus left field, things like that. And what, what we, where, the, where the nuance came, where strategy came, and this is the stuff that started making, separating the good players from the great players, is knowing situational baseball, both on the offense and the defense. And he would have us as hitters read the situation and say, okay, runner on first base and one out. What are you looking for, right? Less than two outs, we're still, we're looking to move the base runner. Okay. Again, you don't have to understand baseball on this. I'm just saying, these are the situations knowing with a generic runner on first, meaning our own team runner on first, 
what are the things we're looking for? I can bunt, I can hit what we call behind the runner, which means hitting towards right field, which typically is going to prevent a double play and get them to throw out, try to get you out at first. Uh, or if you were to get a hit, you're going to be behind the runner, which means if the runner is going to, it gives them a better chance to be able to not just get to second base, but get to third, because now that's a much longer throw from right field to third base versus if I hit it to left field, I'm hitting in front of the runner. So now, even if he gets a good break second, he might not be able to go to third because the left fielder is much closer to third base and they can hold him. Okay. My, for some of you, that might have just gone over your head, but just trying to explain this is, you know, the fact that there are nuances to this. That's just, let's say with one runner, a generic runner, meaning any runner. But then what I always did was I took it to another level and I said, okay, now what if that runner is Rob Ruger, who is our second baseman, who was quick, small, right? He was, you know, was my size, but he was, he was quick. Versus what if that runner was Todd Boone, which was our, one of our you know, quarterbacks on our football team and he was big first baseman not super quick, right? Two different situations. So anytime, if it was Rob, if it was Rob Brueger, I could hit it anywhere. I could pull it because he's fast like me and he could get around and I could, he would, as long as he got a good break, I know he could get to third. So I had more freedom to be able to go wherever I needed to go. If Todd Boone was on first base, then I knew for sure I needed to hit behind him. That way, the only chance he had to get to third base was if, if, we had a long, if I had to make a long throw, if I forced the defense to make a long throw from right field, okay? Again, probably for most of you more than you want to know about baseball. But the point is I went to this painstaking level of preparation. I map it out on whiteboard. Who, what situation, what scenario. And then I would mix in what had to ha what happened if the pitcher was going to throw, what if there was a different pitcher? What if I have a breaking ball pitcher it means they throw slower because most of their, their curve balls and they take, because they're not going on a straight line, they take longer to get there. Right. And versus somebody who's just throwing, who's, fastballs, right? So you got somebody throwing 90 miles an hour, 89 miles an hour straight, that ball's getting there in a second. That ball, if you're throwing breaking balls, that ball's getting there in just under two seconds, right? So a little transfer time, which meant I had more time to read it, which meant I could do more with it. And so sometimes if it was vital, again, don't worry about this, it's not a baseball conversation. And this is a preparation conversation. So I knew that if I had Rob Brugger, if I had Todd Boone, slow Todd Boone at first base, and I had a fastball pitcher, I didn't have as much time to get around on it and pull it. So I needed to make sure I could hit it behind him. And if I, you know, if it was, I was a good fastball hitter, but to increase my odds, what if I wanted to make sure I just, I, vitally important that we got him to second base, more important than if I got on. So I could lay down the bunt behind him. And then I would sacrifice myself and he gets the second base. The other thing I knew, like, again, I'm just one last thought, and we're going to move on from this, but I'm going to show you how this pertains to business for you, especially to sales. I thought to myself, I'm fast. I was the fastest guy on our team and one of the fastest guys in the whole region. But if Todd Boone was running in front of me, my speed was negated. So it didn't matter how fast I was. Therefore, if I had to sacrifice myself, it was okay because I, you know, I wasn't a big deal. But if he was, if there was Rob Brueger in front of me, I know I could put, I could sprint and he was going to sprint and I wouldn't catch him. He wouldn't slow me down, which meant I had more freedom. So I was more aggressive to get into a place where that I needed to be on base or making sense. Okay. All I'm trying to say is, first of all, you probably just learned more about preparation for hitting and situational hitting in baseball than you ever learned in your life <laughs> and, and blitz packages and coverages. But here's the key. 
this pertains to your sales conversation. This pertains to your sales process, to whether you're leading, whether you are doing sales on your own, whether you are leading a sales team, whether you are growing a company, you are doing events, you are doing webinars, no matter what you, no matter what you're doing to sell, you are leading people on an, on a predictable scenario. Now, when you know all the possible scenarios, it gives you a much, it gives you an advantage. It gives you an unfair advantage on the competition because you now know what is more likely to happen when the scenario comes up, okay? So you're more prepared for it. You've already thought it through instead of just reacting and minimizing the amount of success that can happen. So how does this pertain to the sales conversation? Glad you asked, okay? So number one, if you know, if you're really dialed in on your offer, you know what you're offering and you know that offer is tailor-made for a very specific avatar, a very specific prospect who is experiencing a very specific problem, well, then you know how you have a much greater likelihood of being able to deliver them to that intersection of ideal solution, right? Because a great offer should always be the well, a perfect conclusion to a well-told story. And when you have an ideal avatar, somebody who you know has a bleeding neck problem that you solve, and your entire conversation speaks to them and is pulling them closer and helping them understand you're the person who knows them, you're the person who has that solution, right? Now you're able, you, you already know that it's that is, is speaking to them, it is attracting them. And so you already know what pitfalls they might have, what doubts, hesitations, and concerns they might have based on what you're sharing. And then you can feed that in. So, you know, part of the reason I tell these stories uh, and share this because I want people to understand we're not guessing at any of this stuff. And if you're trying to scale, you're trying to get exponential growth, there are things you can do to increase the odds, increase the likelihood that these things will happen. And I don't want you to grow one step at a time. I want you to grow leaps and bounds. I want you to be able to hit home runs. I want you to be able to get multi-clients in with the same opportunities, okay? So number one, even if you even if you got the avatar already dialed in really well, you're still going to catch avatars in different phases, right? So think about this: if you already know what is the ideal bleeding neck problem that your ideal client has, and then what are the kind of things you're going to be? What kind of things are going to capture their attention? What kind of things are going to pull them closer to you to help them understand that you know them, right? And that then when you get into conversations or in a webinar or in a live event, wherever you're getting in front of them. How else can they be parsed? Because even no, ma no matter how well you have your avatar dialed in, there's still nuances that are going to be underneath that umbrella that consistently be split off. But let's say you're dealing with the avatar that you truly understand. Like we're with us, we're looking. You know, we like to work with, you know, people that are six figures or striving or very close to it who are who have a commitment to wanting to grow beyond it. They want to be best in class. They want to be the expert. They want to be known as the go-to expert, tired of the frustrations of other people who are, who've been doing it less time, who are making more success, who are, have more visibility, or they're getting visibility. They don't know how to capitalize on it, right? They know they want to be a seven figure. They want to be a, uh, an exponential entrepreneur. You just don't know the steps and the strategies in order to get there. And it leaves them with a lot of the lack of fulfillment, frustration, right? They're sold out and they're committed. You know what you want, you know what you want to do. You just, again, haven't figured out the way to do it, or you can't trust the solutions and the strategies being put in front of you because all the marketing nonsense that's out there and all the BS promises, right? Well, in that, let's say you, there are, there, there's, there's money, there could be many buckets, but let's just say there's three more buckets that are inside of that, inside of that. It's a very specific avatar that we work with and deal with. However, 
depending on where we catch you, depending what season you're in, you know, uh, you could be excited about this conversation, right? You find, oh my gosh, I have the solution. I have somebody who understands me. I have somebody that can help me scale my company. I have somebody who's done this hundreds of times and they've got all the proven processes, systems, strategies, formulas. They're not guessing, they know what to do. They've delivered a quarter billion dollars worth of results. This is the person, so for some people, we, when they come into our world, they're super excited because this solution that they never knew existed, exists. Then there's other times there's people who are frustrated when they come to us because they're tired of banging their head against the wall. Like this, I'm tired. I've tried everything. This just doesn't work. And how do I know this is going to be any different, right? So you have to, again, embrace this person differently. You have to share with them. You have to show them. You want to make sure you can speak to them, right? You're frustrated. I get it. Here's how you can trust us. Here's why you can trust us because we've helped hundreds of people. We've helped, you know, uh, Jackie Simmons be able to put on an event with nine people in it that delivered a five-figure outcome, right? That, you know, got her a you know, $20,000 payday. Who would like a $20,000 payday in an event, right? Or to help Stash and Patel generate $1.2 million, right? Over the course of uh, over 30 days with an event that we jumped into 30 days beforehand, right? Or people who don't have proven systems, processes, and strategies, and we start helping them get consistent sales results, consistent qualified booked appointments that lead to predictable income, right? And predictable outcomes, right? So we help them, we show them, we help them. Here's how we're going to eliminate your frustration. We're going to take all the guesswork out. We're going to make sure this is doable by you, for you, right? Then we also have people who are fearful. Like, if I don't solve this, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go back to a J-O-B, except I know I can't. I just don't know what the heck to do. I've tried everything and I'm, this, I'm starting to wonder if I can ever do this. I'm starting to be afraid that this isn't going to work for me. I know I'll make it work. I just don't want it to take another 10 years, right? I have, there, I have a solution that I need to put in front of people. I know I'm great at what I do. You are great at what you do and you deserve to be paid well for it, right? So if you know that, like here's something I want to give to, for you to do as an exercise, just make this chart right here. And you can use these three words or any three that you want to fill in, but what kind of different emotions and states are you going to find your people in or do you consistently find them in and what kind of things are they doing if they're fearful what kind of things are they doing if they're frustrated what kind of words are they saying if they're excited sorry over here <laughs> wrong column and how do you talk to them you can't talk to them all the same right and if you so if you're doing a webinar right you want to be able to address the people that you, the most likely there's probably people that come to you in 20 different states however and i don't mean states of the union i mean you know, emotional states. And you want to be able to speak to the most common ones, right? So in your training, in your webinars, in your sales conversation, from stage, uh, in your podcasts, right? Speak to the person who's frustrated and tell them, there's no more, you don't need to be frustrated. I understand. I tried everything and I turned over every rock and I got tired. I did everything, literally in this business, we, we graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. We had no role model. We had no mentor. Nobody was done doing this before. At least nobody we found. So we didn't have a path to follow. We had to pave the path. So we made so many mistakes, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes, right? We just kept testing this. Does that work? It's in this. Does that work? Testing this. Does that work? Oop, here's a lesson learned. Here's a lesson learned, right? And all of this adds to doom and gloom and confusion and frustration, right? So I understand the frustrations because we have made all the mistakes you've made and we've made 10 times more, right? Or excited, hey, I'm so awesome when you finally find somebody who gets you because now we can go farther, faster together. We can eliminate. Instead of you doing this, trying to figure this out for yourself over the next year, two years, 10 years, 
we can run together on this and you don't have to do all the figuring out. We've already done the figuring out. We've learned it so you don't have to. We've already done all the mistakes so that you don't have to. So we can help you do it faster. We can help you do it with less mistakes, less cost, less frustration, right? So we're, we're, we're talking to people who are excited, also talking to people who are fearful. Because I get it when you have no options, when you've drained your 401k, when you eliminate everything, all your credit cards are maxed, you got no solutions to go and you got to produce. Now what? That's terrifying waking up every morning going, I have to get a client so I can pay my bills. I have to pay my pick, get a client today so that I can uh, change the game. I need to get my, I need this event has to win for me and this launch has to work. This webinar must produce, right? That's a terrifying place to be and it sucks. And you no longer have to be in that spot. Now, from this point forward, if you are in that spot, it's because you choose to be, because you've got a solution here, right? So these are the kind of things, I can address all of that, and literally took me three minutes to address all of that. I can do that in a webinar. You can do that from stage. You can do that in a conversation once you've identified who the person is that's here. You can do that in the prospect journey. What can you drop in their emails ahead of time when somebody books an appointment to talk to you? How can you prepare them? help assess, determine which, which stage of these are they in or whichever stages make sense for you, okay? So that you can speak. This, and, but here's the important thing is you have to do the work. Who's the avatar? What's the bleeding neck problem you solve and who do you solve it for? What's the consequences of them not solving it? What is, what is available to them when they do solve it? Who else in their life is it gonna matter to? What other stages of development do they need to go through? What else do they need to know before they know this, right? And these are the things you're communicating. When you do this, and you take the time, and this is not a suggestion. I recommend, I mean, I guess it is a suggestion, but I'm telling you, do this. I know for those who are who can see on the video, but if not, I've drawn a little whiteboard here. Just take a column, like a T-chart, right? Just draw one line across the top, two lines down the middle. You should have three, three columns. And just write in what I wrote, excited in one column, frustrated in another column, and fearful. And just write down, what are the things, who's the person that's excited? What are they excited about? And I mean by now that because they see you, now they're excited because they see a potential looks something that looks different than what they've seen because you're not talking like everybody else. You're not using a bunch of marketing jargon. You're talking directly to them because you know the journey they're on, you know the pains they're feeling, you know their fears, their concerns, their doubts, and everything that bothers them. And you know how to show them the promised land, right? So how, and then same thing, what, do you, how, what are the frustrations? Write them out. What are their frustrations? What are they frustrated? Why would they be frustrated with you? Like, hey, I'm here. I got this, but you know what? How do I know you're any different than anybody else? How do I know I'm gonna waste, not gonna waste 90 minutes on this webinar and just end up in the same place because you're just like everybody else, right? How, you, how do you speak to their frustrations? How do you speak to their frustrations of being, you know what, I wish I found you 10 years ago. Where the hell have you been? I didn't even know you existed. Shame on you for not being able to find me. I mean, who knows what they're frustrated with, okay? Same thing with fearful. Write this stuff out and or fill in any other emotion that you would fill in this right? Hopeful. What would they be hopeful about? What would they be optimistic about? What would they be angry about? What, you know, you don't, what are the state you usually find your clients in? And narrow it down to three and then prepare. Because then what this is doing is you're looking at the blitz packages. You're looking at the situational on base, on, on base opportunities. How do I know when, two, when there's two runners on base and when it's these two runners? And, and then even more so, right? The more you do this, you're better. And now from the, when we're on defense, I also do the situational hitting. What about when the other team has their best hitter, their best runner, their slowest runner on first base and on first and second? And what am I, what are we looking to do? 
I know the situation. I got a fast runner in second, a slow runner behind. We are, we're going to look to see if we can catch the guy at home on the hit on the infield. Most likely he's going to make it. And we want to make sure that because we have a slow runner behind him, we want to pay close attention to him because if we can't get the fast runner in the lead, then we want to catch the slow runner who's not paying attention because he thinks we're going to throw it home to catch the fast guy. Right. But if I'm already thinking this stuff through before the play ever happens, because I've already mapped out all of my situational um, defense and offense. When the play comes, we look brilliant. And it wasn't that we made a brilliant play is that we were extremely prepared. So we knew what was likely to happen before they did. And you can start speaking to your ideal clients be, about what is likely to happen for them before they even see it. Here's the things that people, here's what people show up to us and they're frustrated in the beginning. And then they start seeming hopeful. They start getting excited. And here's the things we start inserting. Here's the things we start sharing. We start showing a case study. We start showing some, here's a simple tool resource that you can implement. You know what that does? That inspires people. You give them a simple tool, just like this one that I'm sharing with you. This is nothing complicated. Okay, this whiteboard, this three column deal, put it into play, please, right? This will help you think differently through the conversations with the people that you're having, okay? Simple tools that help you show, hey, we know how to have these dialogues. We know how to help you move, whether you're looking, whether we're looking to help you as a salesperson or whether you're thinking about, you know, as I build a sales team and lead a sales team, these are the things that if you put this in place, this tool resource, you do this for everybody on your sales team, you will immediately see differences in their outcomes because they'll be more prepared. You'll be thinking through conversations differently before they actually happen. You know how to suss out and segment the people who come through the call. So you're not having the same exact conversation with everybody who comes through because that just doesn't make sense. And unfortunately, that's what most of you do, right? Most of you do that. Make More Sales Podcast sponsored by Gain the Edge. Right? Gain the Edge is a company that offers sales systems, strategies, processes, and teams to help you scale your company, step into your vision, start leading the people that you want to serve and building your empire and not have to worry about chasing sales, hiring salespeople, managing training, developing them, <laughs> optimizing them, and everything that comes with it. Right? We want to set you up for freedom, success. You can focus on your zone of genius. We are always helping people fine-tune and focus their sales systems and strategies uh, and build events and fine-tune offers. We have regular uh, trainings and workshops that happen every month um, that we'd love for you to be a part of. Make sure you go to the show notes and find the next workshop that's coming up. Sign up for it for a great deal. And uh, if it's not available at the moment coming up, sign up for get on the waiting list so you'll be the first person in the know to be able to get that taken care of. So as soon as the next one's coming up, you will be alerted and be able to join us. Thank you as always for uh, for coming our direction and let us help you scale and start making some money the way as you intended. I hope this is resonating with you. I hope this is helpful to you. I tried to give you as much visual as I could this with, with the blitz packages, with the base running, situational base running scenarios and how you prepare how this can help you. There's so many more things. So this is what we do as a, for, for a living around here. We spend all of our time optimizing and preparing ahead of time so that we can think through everything that could happen so that when it starts to happen, we win. And we start setting up the pathway so that those things are likely to happen. So then we know what are the, how will our prospects respond? How will they react? Right? So we already leading them to a place where we know they're going to be appreciative. We know they're going to be excited or we know they're going to be fearful. Right, We already know what's coming and how to lead them through it because we've prepared for that. 
And that's what I want you to be able to do. Where are your people coming from? Where are they going? What are the potholes along the way? What, what, are, what is the difference between the person who's excited versus frustrated versus fearful or hopeful, right? And how will you be embracing them and engaging them along the way? Okay, we have a resource for you that I wanted to, to offer you and it's, it's called our Leads Made Easy program and that's in the show notes. Please take advantage of it. Um, what it does, there is an exercise in here that's been our literally one of our most powerful exercises and I've been very surprised. There's a waterfall exercise in it and I won't, I won't reveal it to you. I will let you go explore it for yourself. But really what it does is it help people, helps you get such an incredible clearing and a difference between what stages of readiness, need, and desire your people are at when you find them and now you sell to them because you'd be amazed at how many times you have the right person that you're talking to, but you're talking about the right, the wrong thing. We're talking about the right person with the right problem at the wrong time, okay? And you'll see that. You'll find that inside the exercise. So please go do it. Take advantage of it. It's a game changer. We've had many clients who have taken that training and inserted it into their training because it makes so much sense. And it's something that most people have never thought about right? Just as a simple exercise, again, please go do it. But there's a difference when you're floating down a river, the person who's floating, it could be the exact same person, your ideal avatar, but they're floating down the river. They're not experiencing any trouble versus the person who's about ready to go over the falls, right? Those are two completely different people, or but they're, two, they're the same exact person, same exact avatar, right? In two completely different scenarios. Yet you speak to both of them the same way. You speak to the person who doesn't even know they have a problem, as if they're the person who's got a very ready and present problem that they're getting ready to go over a cliff on. And that's a mistake. That's something that we see every single day. Again, just because we think they're the exact same avatar, but they're actually not. They're at a different stage of readiness, need, and desire. And the more you specialize, the more you understand which stage they're in, the better you're going to be and be able to prepare for them. The more you specialize as a primary and being able to serve somebody at the most ideal stage for you and the problem you solve based on the bleeding neck problem that they are coming to you with, right? The more you can become a master of that, the better you're going to be. So take advantage of that. I really would love uh, love to see how that works for you and let us know. Because again, we, we get incredible feedback around that. So I'd love to see how that works for you, right? So remember, sales happen when you have the right conversations with the right people about the right thing at the right time. And this, everything we're talking about will help you do that more effectively, more consistently, and more predictably. Okay. Thanks as always for trusting us to be part of your success team. Go make the cash registering, make some sales. We'll see you on the next one.